following program may contain coarse language, suggestive dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Bendy never stopped running, no, he never stopped running away. Oh, Bendy, what you gonna do when those rivers catch up to you? There's a lot of fun in loving, but there's no fun in a love that's gone gray. Well, Bendy, what you gonna do with the kids? Bendy's not gonna stay. Maxine Simonette with a song about Bendy Rivers. You're listening to NPR. Now you're listening to the Tanami Faithful Podcast. Here we are. I've done it. <laughs> hey, everybody out there in internet land. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have Caboose Jr. Hello, hello. And we are here once again with our guest, Maxime Simonette. Maxime, Maxime, what is Maxime. this? Maxime. Maximum. Maxime! He's Italian! No, he's French. Ugh, I'm leaving. <laughs> Just kidding, I'm staying right here. Well, we uh, we have bared witness to the hour-long finale of Game Museto Death Beats. It was... It was quite the journey. Is that good? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was good. It was I liked good. it. <laughs> I, I did, too. I was into it. I mean, I made it, so I had to be into it. I mean, that's not necessarily true. Some people make things, and they're like, oh, gosh, why did I make this? It's horrible. Yeah, but I got the chance to make something that was, like, mostly just mine, you know? So I got to like that, you know? It's not like I'm, like, a... Uh, a grunt worker for something else, you know? So before we get into the juicy BTS stuff, uh, let's let's kind of talk about what happened in these last four segments. So back in the material world, we have Bendy Rivers, who hunted Makasu for most of his career, and now he can't seem to move on. But Bendy manages to get himself killed so he could follow Makasu to the afterlife and bring <laughs> one of the blood rings with him <laughs> when you put it that way it sounds cool <laughs> <laughs> that's right bendy <laughs> bendy rivers who uh his big character moment in the first season was like i'm gonna stop chasing makasu i'm gonna work on my family i spent too long trying to get him and it's implied that he in fact let the son kill him <laughs> in a phone call <laughs> and he calls the son the president <laughs> and uh in a very stupid phone call. But then to flip that around, can you really let go anything? Can you at all? No, it turns out he can't be good. He can't do what he wanted to be. He can't without with his unfinished business. Can't be a meow meow kitty mate. What a piece of shit. So he shows up in the afterlife uh, maimed from his experience getting mauled by the Wendigo. And... Uh, Immediately is like, Amakasu, I've come. I'm, I'm going to get you this time. Amakasu's like, no, 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 no. You see, we're, we're trying to reset the universe. We're the good guys now. And it takes Bendy just a little bit to... A little degradation. A little emotional abuse. And uh, just being reminded that he's uh, he couldn't fuck his wife right yeah. uh, sets him straight. <laughs> Sir, I have never made intercourse with your wife. 
and I mean no disrespect, but yes, you give off that vibe. <laughs> okay, sorry. So he kind of rolls with it, and they uh, find their way to the center of all death, but before they can make their way up the steps, they are stopped by Vitus, the Roman god known for separating bodies from souls, which is kind of a bad thing seeing as their blood rings soul animals are connected by their souls so he can easily you know stop them but jerks they they manage to pull it off bendy sacrifices himself and then uh, dr legs snaps her fingers in a way to hide the fact that Pirtle is also snapping and they manage to defeat him and then they go up and fight some Christian scientists and their angels and then they reset the universe. That's true. The Christian scientist. I knew I wanted it to be the Christian scientist and I think Melissa at one point told me are, are, we, are you sure we can do that? <laughs> and then S&P and Legal didn't ever say anything so I'm sure it's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, and there was a very special voice actor who I cannot name because of... Uh, uh, what are they called? Union reasons. But they did a very wonderful job and very sweet for me, to me. And speaking with them was a pleasure, if you guys are curious at all. And, uh, yeah, I know, I just liked... I love those... I love those crazy, corny, like, it's it, the bad guy's doing a a bad thing that's just a big philosophical idea, you know? <laughs> it's like... I don't know. It's like that <laughs> where they have to over-explain like some weird like I don't know that the world's too confusing. That he, he's realized that there's too many different faiths and too many different perspectives in the world, and for his idea of truth, which in Christian Science is the spirit world, it's the Holy Spirit, it's God itself, is science. It is if if that's a way to put it, I don't even remember. But you know that's that's what truth is. You know. Uh, and the truth is the the perfection in a Christian science uh, viewpoint, like, you know, part of the reason you don't treat illnesses, to oversimplify this, is because, you know, your heavenly form, your your soul form is what matters more than your material form. And uh, to him seeing the uh, uh, the mess that the, the material world and spiritual world has become... Uh, in order to make it more uh, uniform and fitting of his worldview. And, you know, and arguably be peaceful. If there's no competing points of views, no, like, you know, we're all part of nothing. <laughs> Every soul is removed and everything breaks. Uh, he wants to destroy it or expedite the destruction, you know, like, you know, they're doing a weird little ritual and using soul chewing gum. <laughs> to remove everyone's... Does this sound stupid when I explain it? I, I feel like I haven't overthought it in a while, so now I feel like I'm stumbling around trying to explain this silly uh, thing that's like, you know, it's it's nonsense. It's nonsense, but it's the idea in my head. It was always the idea of the physical versus the spiritual which is why Christian science had to be in it. And the characters all kind of represented physical things. Dr. Legs was made of fingers. Makasu was a sportsman. Uh, Titty had a breast on her head. And Josie lost the power in his arms. They were all kind of centered around some kind of physical aspect of themselves. So that versus, like, 
like you know and that's kind of it's like you know individualism versus uh communal you know because i'm a western piece of shit uh yeah <laughs> i feel like i'm making a fool of myself hopefully that was good edit me to sound smarter well it was certainly entertaining oh <laughs> So at the the end there, Makasu makes the sacrifice for all of his friends and notably for Keith, which, I mean, how much good does that do? It just kind of keeps him from getting sucked in there. But, I mean, he still gets, you know, (laughs) essentially dies. I think some people be like, oh, isn't it sweet of Makasu to do that, even though he'll know he'll die? I feel like Makasu didn't really think it through. Probably not. He just recently, you know, realized that he he has to be bald and see he could be bald if he tried. Yeah, maybe maybe he just gave up on everything because he was being bald. <laughs> he, he All I have to... is my friends and my hair. I've often felt that way. I've thought like, fuck, am I going bald? All I have is my hair. Um, because I like my hair. That's, that's I, it took you, me. You got some so... good hair jeans. I like them. Yeah. I, I, it took me so long to uh, figure out how to express, especially in that tight time period. Especially, like, I mean, this is the kind of show that could easily have been twice as long and covered the same amount of ground, you know? And for better or for worse, it isn't. I, I don't want to say it's either. I want to say it is what it is. I think it could be more accessible if it was longer form. You know, but I also think it could be more accessible if it costs three times as much more to make, you know, and like there's a lot of things can make shit more accessible. So I do think it's a relic of my style, but also the system I made it in that it's so fucking dense. And because of that, me trying to think the exact verbiage, verbiage or semantics or whatever the fuck to have Makasu explain himself before he dies. He went through so many revisions just with myself, not with other people, just like me trying to get what is this going to happen? I'm improvising different lines. I'm adding different lines. I'm changing it. And to me, it was really important to have Makasu like realize, oh yeah, maybe uh, this is the same bullshit I always do where I just like, you know, I want to win at something and, but that's okay. You know, it's okay. And I don't have to overthink it. It's okay. Because it's been nice, <laughs> you know. That's kind of that's kind of where he goes to at that point before he's sucked into nothing, which is even worse than double dying, apparently. <laughs> mm, apparently, but maybe there there is something after nothingness. <laughs> what what is there? What are you guys uh, saying to me? I, I don't know. <laughs> the 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 going theory is that the the baby that's bucket has been carrying for 12 years yeah because she was so yeah. obsessed with, and i can i can i say that was also a fun later ad because i kept thinking like how do i want to I, I i found more of the super sportsman shit as i was going i was really into that scene in episode 13 where we get the reason makasu has been hunting down the gods his whole life is to be better than his dad <laughs> <laughs> who left him but i like that Okay, I'm going to blow smoke up my own ass. I like that he remembers that memory for a reason that's not really related to the memory. (laughs) He remembers it because he interrupts Bendy when he's dying, and he's making the comparison in the diegesis, or if that's the term, in the world of Makasu's brain, he's remembering, oh, I do need to be around people, 
you know, and I, it turns out I like people, and it's sad. And I remember when I didn't think that mattered. But it becomes an excuse for me as the writer to be like, by the way, this is what Marcus's daddy, everything stems from. Apparently his dad left when he was very young. We don't know when. The only thing we knew about him is that he told Makasu, like in season one, that he drank to forget. And he disappeared and spent his whole life hunting down a government project that bred their whole family. <laughs> that he's the because the, his Marcus's dad is the clone of a, a man who was cl- the cloned of the son of uh, a super being from the 19th century. And uh, so I was really into that whole scene where Makasu. M- 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 he doesn't realize, he doesn't, like, it's just dramatic irony. Like, we learned, like, oh, there's a little more going on with the Super Sportsman Project. It doesn't exist anymore. And then the payoff of that isn't in Makasu's world. The payoff is the Super Sportsman Project's been gone for, like, 12 years because Makasu's dad killed them all. And and uh, Bucket, though, somehow got mixed up with it because she was so obsessed with Makasu in high school that she's been pregnant with this kid the whole time, raising the next Super Sportsman kid. I I like uh, how you did deep dive into the super sportsman thing with the perfect human and the offspring and <laughs> his mother wife. <laughs> yeah, po- the woman who raised him, who he also made love to. It's very much like, remember that movie, uh, fuck, it's got like uh, Adrian Brody in it and they're making an alien and then him and the woman who raised it or whatever both fuck it and the woman gets pregnant. <laughs> What was that one called? <laughs> splice. Human. Splice. That splice. was it. <laughs> splice. That sounds right. But what what went into the process of making the perfect human? Uh, well, it actually started out as another. I mean, it's clearly rooted like the Super Sportsman Project since season one is a Metal Gear reference. Like a lot of things I've done in this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I just compared it to that because I liked the idea of clones and uh, government projects and so it's just like it, it, it was a throwaway joke for a stupid reason in season one and then following through with it made it cool to me and following through with it at first I was thinking like yeah we run into his grandfather the guy who's cloned after and but then I, I I don't know I was just thinking about the character and I was like to do something that's like big boss or anything like that an old gruff dude with like an eye, eye patch or something like it just, that just felt corny so to make something that was almost genderless and looked different from the rest of them and then kind of acted like Mysterio, like that 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 felt more fun to me than like Makasu doing a fighting. Like I was I got to a point where I just I didn't want there to be as much fighting in the middle of the season. Like it was just it's not about fighting gods anymore. It's weird social dilemmas. And even though there's combat in Suicide Town, it's more like Makasu's social dilemma, you know, and then the Benji Bendy Rivers episodes are like him dealing with his shit. Like there's no god fights between episodes like six and thirteen. <laughs> like no they don't really fight any gods in that whole period. Uh, so half the show isn't really the original premise. Uh, so I thought, yeah, so instead of a gruff guy that he literally battles with, uh, I can probably look up what I originally wrote down. I, 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 I decide to go for that, and, um, and, and I don't know, I was listening to this guy on YouTube named Chaz Aria LLC, and I loved his voice, so I got him to play it, and it worked really well. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought he had a great voice, and it was just fun making that whole um, thing. Oh, let's see. Not Game perfect like you. Oh, God, no. 
<laughs> no, I'm not, no, because he's not like there's you know they've been there's been a little uh, uh, what is it diluting of the uh, uh, the bloodline. Mm. Is this fun to hear? Am I being annoying? Who knows? No, not at all. I find it fascinating. Uh, okay. I asked the question. God damn it! Yeah, it would be rude if I didn't care. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, where did I write it down? I I always had the Christian Scientist. <laughs> this is what I had written. Final showdown with Christian scientists exploring his cursed views on anti-vaccination and against modern medicine because it creates a bigger miasma of death. So there's something more about creating a miasma of death and killing people that he was trying to cause. <laughs> Through their combined talents and a celebration of sports, our heroes find a way to get Makasu to grab death itself. Uh, so originally, I don't know if you guys remember, I said that it, my first outline in the whole show was still about sports. It wasn't until Lazo said, don't make it about sports. Where Where is this? I can't find... I, I can't find what... Uh, I don't know. I thought I originally had an episode. In, in my old outline, apparently I just didn't even... Right. I had uh, other episodes where there was like uh, the story of Orpheus and Izanagi, which are both very similar stories from different mythologies happening in tandem. That was to be a very psychedelic episode. There was an uh, Aztec underworld where he's challenged. Oh, no. Makasu finds himself taken to a deadly canyon of the Aztec Mictlan, where he's challenged to battle by the man who his father was truly cloned from. And then in this version, Makasu wasn't related to his grandfather. But, you know, I changed that clearly. Sports feats, dangerous Aztec traps and challenges, and speeches lead to a discovery of whether or not Makasu can surpass his genes. But I uh, clearly I went in a different direction that I thought was more original. And it was also like because I cut like three episodes and like I don't know I, I I liked I don't know this is what I'm saying these are things I'm saying right now the perfect human and there was just a chance to do a lot of weird shit and I was so nervous about it but it ended up being gorgeous and I think. Uh, Liz and the team of awesomes like really proud of it. Like the 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 animated like photo mouth is really cool. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, 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 like what's fun about this show that not a lot of other Adult Swim shows have, and it's more which makes it more like a tsunami show. I think is that that you can have episodes that are just like like one thing that's completely different <laughs> you know like now now we're all in a world where we're exploring our insecurities you know just like hunter hunter might have greed island arc suddenly uh we have uh every ep every two episodes of death beats is kind of a uh a, an anime arc oh it's the suicide town arc oh it's the perfect human arc you know makes it like a little journey like a little video game oh speaking of suicide Town. I, I, I recall when you talked to us last, you did mention that you wanted to do like an homage to Tetsuo at the football field. And I, I, I think I know where you put that in. Yeah, yeah. That was the beginning of 208 where he's like in that, what is he, in a stone throne and he's looking yeah. down. Yeah. And there. Making and everybody do humpies. Instead of a, yeah, instead, instead of a bunch of delinquents on drugs, he's making, he thinks that he, they're friends with him because they like him. But it's made him abusive. You know, it's very relatable, simple morals. I think I saw some negative review called it preachy, but it's just preachy about like what do I what do I think about making friends in my late twenties and now thirties, <laughs> and what it means to be lonely, and what takes pulls you apart from people, and what what makes you like self involved, and you know, 
and how and as annoying as it is sometimes just getting over yourself and listening to people is or or being proactive. I don't know. I feel like everything I'm saying sounds stupid right now. Maybe it's because I haven't drank anything alcoholic today. <laughs> I see. Yes. Uh, to to the topic of adult friends, which is just a wonderful thing to explore. Uh, another podcast, the the uh, Toonami Escape podcast is what they're called now. They used to be Toonami Gaff. They uh, <laughs> they made the comment. It's like, what's an adult friend? Oh, that's just somebody that you text once a month. Exactly. That right. Sounds right. <laughs> but you know that that's the thing is like, Makasu might feel so special in his isolation and how much he's pushed everyone away, but it's very easy not to hang out with anyone, which is mm. why it was important for him to realize, like, oh yeah, being friends, you do have to choose to text people more than once a month if you want to do shit or talk to them. You know, yeah. <laughs> like if you want to go out somewhere with some pals, you got to fucking invite them. It's not like when we were kids and uh, Andrew lived down the street. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, oh yeah, we're gonna go do a thing. Yeah, you gotta actually put some effort <laughs> into it. Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting social construct which you don't see explored that often, or at least people don't bring it to attention so much. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, we just we hang out. It's like, well, that makes you adult friends. And I, I think also along the lines, and I'm probably going too deep with this, honestly, is that uh, you know people that you met earlier in life. You may not have gotten along when you were a kid or a teenager, but when you become adults and you get past all that bullshit, you might find that you actually enjoy each other's company. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, both. I mean, it's the real. I feel like a lot of anime is about this, like about fucking uh, letting go of your attachments, whether that's to an emotion or something material, you know, Uh getting over yourself i feel like it's such a fucking thing i said that already but like i feel like that's such a fucking anime trope get over yourself don't be sad don't be this and uh them like you know conflict between two people can be just something that you can let fester or you can let die and it was also fun to bring in a main character who was a one-off joke Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> reference in the first one like a fucking Yu-Gi-Oh fucking uh uh, yeah, he's Joey from Yu-Gi-Oh. Just a bully, just like <laughs> just a bully who steals money and talks like a Brooklyn accent. Hey, yes. <laughs> who the fuck am I? I don't care. Uh, <laughs> and he suffers, but at the same time, life because of cultural appropriation. Yeah. <laughs> solid joke. <laughs> solid. Solid. Uh. What a reality. And I also like one of the things I did make happen the more it's cuz Robbie played him and I think uh, Robbie I think is a great writer, Robbie Ratcliffe who plays Josie. And I think I was insecure in the recording booth with him about a lot of jokes. I mean cuz it's easier for me to look at my own jokes and then improvise until I find it something I like. But when I have someone who's funny in the room and they have to read what I wrote down as a first draft, I'd get really insecure. So a lot of things turned into me being like, ah, "I don't like that." Let's change this with him. And it ended up making Josie, you know, this is definitely an, a, a, like a byproduct of my insecurity around him. And I didn't want him to hate me or judge me. That I, I, In the recording booth, I molded Josie to be more woke. <laughs> like he's like, <laughs> he doesn't, like, I think his original line in uh, Suicide Town, let me see if I can find that. 
before he said, I wish I could be a suicide girl, boy. <laughs> like before before that, I think he says something like stupider and more fucked up. And it was just like, you know, just I wrote it, you know, and I was like, you know, I'll figure it out as I go. Uh, where is it? 204. Um, Eddie says, uh, no, you're thinking about my favorite website, Suicide Girls. <laughs> it's like he was into Suicide Girls. But I was like, I don't like that. And having Robbie say it, I don't like it. And it's just make, talking about girls with tits. I, I don't want to make that joke. I'd rather Josie want to be a suicide girl instead. That's better. <laughs> and so I think a lot of shit like that happened. Like that whole like representation of Latinx cultures. <laughs> Though then I felt bad because recently a lot of people were saying, uh, no Latino likes the term Latinx. That was a big Twitter discussion I saw the other day. Uh, apparently. Now I don't know what's oh, yeah. real. I better ask some Mexicans. Now, um, was the phone in that scene the homophone? Yes. In the, in the, and that was that was an animator joke. It wasn't like on purpose. I just said make it look like Doctor Seuss. Ah, uh, yeah, and they totally did. Which I don't think is uh, from the script originally. That's just something I decided to do. Uh, yeah, just make also, it look like Doctor Seuss. And I really liked that line Emily says about stuffing her bras and the napkins having veins in them. Uh, that was just something she said at the recording booth that I just I was like I didn't know where to put it. And just because she wasn't in that scene to have her walk in explaining it, and then, but because of that, she walks in with like a mustache, like because it's, it's the weird Sue scene. Man, when I watch that final episode, I'm like all over the place. It's like it goes so so much insane shit happens, and then I'm sad at the end, like I'm moved. It's like it, it was. Uh, it's great. Thank you, Max. You did a great job. You're welcome, Max. <laughs> It's fun to be able to just rehash the show with you guys. I, I do feel really narcissistic about it, but at the same time, I am very proud of it. Even though haven't you heard that you uh, you 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 reign over yes men? Yeah, it's a good thing to reign. Um, I don't know, cause you know, I'm I'm super insecure about it. I was like, you know, putting myself fucking out there, you know, with something that's like, and it, I, I I said this in other places, but I think this is like the first thing I've made. That its presentation and where it was, where it was shown and when and the it, it was the like the only thing the first thing I've made where it's like I can't be like oh you don't get it like no it's out there for everyone to look at it's right. out there for tsunami people it's out there for like you know it's not like well you didn't like t t tender touches and it only aired five days and you don't get it it's an improv thing you wouldn't get oh you don't get blood feast you don't get fish center you don't like you know there's so many things it's like but. Because it's not like my most Tim and Eric thing, you know. In the end, there was a little story I was trying to tell, uh, and <laughs> it wasn't just like being weird. It wasn't just being a parody. And either you're in, the, it's not an inside joke in any way for me. It was like it was a lot of things at once, but at its core, you know. So it, it makes me the most insecure about it because the you know the more I try to expand and reach people and try to get both emotions and laughs and approval and all this shit at once, the scarier it becomes. Yeah, I, I don't think that many people really understand that about it, and, and that's that's a shame. I th And that's why I think the most annoying critique I saw was where I saw one guy on Letterboxd say, ah, I like the first season, but this one feels like an afterthought. And I was like, dude, no. <laughs> if anything, I put, I, I put more effort into this, you know? It's, if, if anything, like, you know, the first season was easy. That one could function almost as an afterthought because it was just like, make a joke that goes a long time. And the format and the system you make it in 
builds a sensibility, it builds a vibe, it builds a lot of opportunities for ways to fuck around. But then suddenly when you're like, it's 11 minutes, like, I have to try and make it work. And, like, you know, Walter and Jordan are, like, struggling to be like, well, we don't normally do serialized, but let's try and make this a one thing, make a little more sense. You know, <laughs> like, it's just like they're working with me to be like, this is where we're confused. We're laughing, but this is where we're confused. So it's, yeah, that's the truth. Recently, I've been playing today, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin. You guys played that yet? I have not. It's kind of like half RPG fighter, like side-scroller, half Harvest Moon. Huh. And like every year when you grow, grow a new rice crop, I think it affects your stats. And it's got like a really complicated rice growing mechanic that it has a hard time explaining. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of enjoying it, but there's I I think I spent like an hour on a boss in it today. I I think I, I think uh the bosses in this have been harder for me than Demon Souls bosses. <laughs> um, you got that PS5 though. you experience in those haptics. Oh, that's it's the the vibrations are all over the place. In fact, uh, next season of Gamusetu. Uh, it has dual shock enabled <laughs> vibrations, so you have to hold a controller and you can feel what's happening. I don't want to feel them jerking each other off. <laughs> Listen, dude, Makasu disappeared into nothing. The sensibility is going to be different if he's disappeared into nothing. It's going to be about his shitty son, <laughs> who's also. Why does everyone say it's going to be a th- son? We don't know I, what I... gender the baby is. Uh, listen. Oh. oh. Ooh. Ooh. Listen, Ooh. how different are Joseph Joestar and Jotaro? Very different. That's what I'm looking to do. I got, I got, uh, DeMarco's interested in it. I told him, like, yeah, hey, why don't we change it up? <laughs> new characters, new things like that. And he's like, I like that. So let's see if he can, I, I, I mean, if like he can female, support me female beyond. Female protagonist is a, is a buzzword for DeMarco. <laughs> really? In a bad way or a good way? In a good way, I think. Uh, I will say at one point I was talking to Lazo about a female protagonist who was related to Makasu like two years ago because I told him like I got this idea and I got this idea and he said oh and you'd play her right (laughs) (laughs) so I I will say I will there's a big chance I will play whoever's the next main character (laughs) whoever it is I will play it Um, oh my But I don't want it to be the same as Makasu. I like. I want to change it. To, like I almost want to just call it a different show, but have it be <laughs> the sequel, and no one knows unless you know. You know, like we just don't even call it the same thing. It's just a different show, but it's in the same world. <laughs> I mean, some people say Space Dandy's the secret sequel to Cowboy Bebop. It is the secret sequel to Cowboy Bebop. I like. Fuck, when's, the next, <laughs> when's the next Attack on Titan come up? Uh, that actually starts very soon. No, what What if you're me and you've already watched the first three episodes? What time uh, tonight does it come out? It sh- <laughs> should be available now, I think. Shit. Around there. That. Oh, I, oh, you mean, uh, yeah, the streaming <laughs> should be out by now, yeah. I bought a Crunchy yeah. subscription just, to, just for it. Because it doesn't start airing on Toonami for three weeks. If you guys want, oh, I'll come back. I'll come back at the end of Attack on Titan and talk about it, though. Hell if you guys yeah. want me to, I, I don't. I don't have to. Come, if you don't I want, I still me want to. you to come on for for JoJo. For, oh, I, that would be fun too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Fuck, I gotta read fucking 
Midnight Balls or whatever it's called. <laughs> Steel Ball Run. Steel Ball Run. I got to read that. I had a lot of fun reading um, Stone Ocean. That's what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, let's see. God, I can't wait till I play Poochie. Is that his name? <laughs> Didn't I say I wanted to play him? Yeah, you did. <laughs> That would be fucking badass. I should email Jason that. Hey, Jason, can I play Poochie? I'll do it way cheaper than everyone else. Yeah, I'm sure he's totally talked to Viz Media about that. (laughs) Just send them uh, the second Suicide Town episode. That's when Haruko, who I believe is from China. (laughs) I don't know who Haruko is. I don't think they were a streams person, Nate, but... uh, they were saying, like, after the Suicide Tepo- at Town episodes, like, man, your acting, got, like, not that it was bad, but it's like, it's gotten better this season. Like, and I think it's just like oh, seeing yeah. Makasu go nuts in those episodes because I just let myself go and mm-hmm. did vague Joker vibes <laughs> or whatever that is. Like, <laughs> I like acting. Okay? I, Worst yeah. case scenario, you watch that show, can't say that there's bad voice actors in it. I think we got a great crew. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic cast. Definitely. Strong, I hope everyone wished Benjamin Rivera a nice happy birthday. Please everyone go wish him that right now. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't. He's been a he's been a good meow meow kitty mate. <laughs> um now did you guys send him that outfit? Yeah, we bought it for him. Okay. Specifically for that. Yeah. I don't know at what point we thought that it should be different. The intro sequence. I think I wrote that song for fun, and then I was like, you know what? Let's do an intro sequence that's different. The one I played at the beginning. I was like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, man. And it. so we like looked into it. Roger found outfits to buy. We were gonna have him use the the wig. Maybe there was something like specifically from Steins Gate we were gonna have him use, but yeah. then we weren't, weren't allowed to. <laughs> like we couldn't have it be the exact one sir not appearing in this podcast today uh, our friend duelist from the previous time we talked was wondering if there'll be a chance to stream purchase or whatever the songs in bgm from either season at some point uh, i've put some of the songs on my portfolio instagram that i kind of soft launch a few weeks ago um, soft launch. I, I, that's my excuse for not uh, being famous. Everything I do is a soft launch. Um, a soft launch. Speaking of soft, I am no longer. This was uh, terrible. Wh- that was the lamest story I've ever heard, and I am no longer turned on. <laughs> uh, God, Josh is fucking funny. Man, I like everyone's voice in this show. Fuck. And what a diverse cast, too. It's not like uh, Simpsons where it's three people. <laughs> um, we have like three 30. very talented people. Uh, and you can always tell that it's the same people. Yeah. Or South um, Park. T- where it's two, two, three people. Yeah, literally. <laughs> well, woman now, and now both of them. <laughs> and then baby sometimes. Um, yeah. what, what was I going to say? I think there was talk, but I don't think it's like in a rush. Like putting it all on Spotify, I think it was supposed to be part of the marketing push at some point, and uh, it hasn't. I don't know when it will happen. I think I think it should. I think there's a lot of cool songs. I've sent them all of them. Um, 
Speaking At a certain point, we could probably have Rich put his favorite background music up on like on a fucking website just for fun. Because I, yeah, I really right. like a lot of the songs he made. Uh, I love the one that's for uh, Bendy going through the converging afterlives. You know, when he's just popping through a bunch of things after he dies. There's like chorus stuff and like noise and guitar wails. Super wild. And And Rich doing... Screamo just sounded fucking sick. <laughs> like it's, I don't is even that, care about Screamo. Is that a bit of an Agretzko reference? Uh, no, not really. No, uh, uh not not deliberately. <laughs> it's like a Screamo lemur. <laughs> no, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> I just thought Screamer, and it also just felt like an in a kind of an antithesis, but not to Christian Scientists. Like, it just seemed like that you wouldn't expect him to have that, you know what I mean? There, like, there is screamo Christian rock. Exactly, though, but there is, you know. But, like, like so it was both, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but it was definitely not like, you know, you definitely expect it to be like a Mormon tabernacle type thing, you know what I mean? Like, that that's, like, the yeah. obvious answer. Yeah. Uh, and I just, to make it just suddenly, like, cool <laughs> even though i don't even like emo or screamo that much but it was kind of cool just to hear rich scream and play guitar loud as he, after all these other musical references for that to pop, i was like all right let's go <laughs> yeah it was yeah it was also like the strangest ending one i don't know i just it was fun finding uh finding little musical puns that i liked aromanity <laughs> I, I really liked... Good vibrations, I love it. <laughs> I think my favorite move of his was the Bioshock reference, the Ed Would You Kindly Point Elsewhere. <laughs> uh, so many good... Early on, I loved the the, the Philip Glass ceiling. <laughs> that That's probably the best one. It's, it's beautiful. Because it makes... It lifts rocks and breaks them, like, I don't know. And it was also, like, maybe one of the most musical douchey jokes, like, in explaining what Philip Glass does and how it worked. Like, that 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 episode is, like, the epitome of this season's concept. And then the musical fights kind of, like, aren't really that important by the end. Like, you know, they happen, but it's not like... Because I don't think, as much as it might have been more accessible i didn't have the budget or the confidence in me i guess like you know i didn't have the platform to just make like 30 episodes where we really got into just what musical fights were i felt like no i gotta just make this a thing that goes along and ends you know like it's it's not a monster of the week for real it's just a thing it goes and it ends uh that's and i but i don't have enough time to make it like have 15 monster of the weeks in the middle um because I don't. Maybe someday I'll have that platform where they're like, "We trust you." Now we're gonna give you like two full seasons, and you can just dwell on your concept. But uh, maybe it's my own insecurities that do this. But like, yeah, I never felt like I could just dwell in the fucking concept, which is why I always like to change it too. Because also, you know, there's so many things that like you get tired of them too. You know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be something that goes on too long. In a bad way and gets old. I'd rather it be like, what? That happened? <laughs> I, thought, uh, I thought that was a dream. <laughs> a horrible fever dream. Always keeps you on your toes. 
there's, there's been a lot of uh, questionable criticism out there, but somebody wanted to pose the question of uh, why, why not have the emotional character arc of Makasu end with, say, if uh, Back Pocket Dimension Flying Bear came back and he was actually good to them for the first time? Uh, many reasons. Uh, one main one was like I kind of mostly just wanted to have a completely different cast, mm. you know, like for the most part, you know, I brought Bendy back, but like you know, I didn't really bring anyone else back. That was like a part, a big part of the first season. I just wanted to, you know, uh, uh, another reason is uh, Backpack Flying Dimension Bear is played by an ex girlfriend of mine, and you know, I didn't want to <laughs> drag her in to play the role again. <laughs> You know, because even though she expressed a lot of, she's a sweet, wonderful woman, she expressed a lot of support for me when I told her it was coming out again. She's like, yeah, I don't want to think about it too much, though, because it makes me emotional. And I was like, that makes perfect sense, you know? Uh, but, you know, I was just also just, from, but run, from when I was writing, I was just trying something, just trying something completely new. You know, I just wanted to, like, I, like it's literally, like, that's the thing that was really inspiring me, and it's inspiring me further as I go on it's just like the Jojo stuff where you know like not everyone comes back and it's not always makes sense why things do or don't come back you know like they kind of just like this chapter's a new chapter of people um so that was important to me but I, I thought about it a lot I, there's a lot of shit I would have done if the show was like twice as many episodes you know like it would be way easier to fit in stuff like that uh but I think uh, the last reason is i feel like uh it's it's the relic or artifact of just a lazo note that was just like don't don't make it the same thing mm. like you know like he loved the first one so much why don't try and make the first one again is essentially you know like uh like he didn't want to hear it about sports or like every like it, all his notes in the beginning were like ah just don't do the same thing you know don't make it about sports again so it made me just want to like just step forward and do completely different shit. But uh, I will say I don't think that's a bad idea and I've thought about it. Like I've ha I've I've thought about like side stories where like they go to back pocket dimension flying bear heaven and like maybe he wants to be nice to back pocket dimension flying bear and sees it through a glass wall or something and and uh I'm, I'm, like, no, I'm not I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> I'm just going to let I'm just going to let I'm just going to let flying bear be among all the other flying bears in back pocket dimension flying bear heaven. But of course, he doesn't know which one is his flying bear, anyways, because they all look the same, <laughs> and they all live in the same heaven. <laughs> so that was an idea I had. But you know, dude, it's already so fucking tight. Like, how do you do that? Like, I would love to have done, I would love to have done some extra episodes in retrospect, just like focusing on Josie and Titty together, and then maybe Doctor Legs and Keith somewhere. You know, something like that. You know, like like just div divide up some of the characters and just let them fuck around and do a weird little side adventure, but uh, I just didn't really have time for it. Because, it, for better or for worse, it was important to me that the story just kind of ended, this chapter ended. Something I've been wondering about Josie, though, now it's probably evident that that's kind of a play on Joey. Uh, did you consider naming him Sue, like the boy named Sue? No, why? Because <laughs> well, there was a very brief bit about it about his name oh yeah no no the name josie came first 
Yeah. I, and I, th- I thought it might have been a play on Joey. I don't know where, where it came from. I just liked it, too. I saw something recently where someone was named Josie, and I was like, yeah. I, I had a babysitter growing up named Josie. Her name was Josie. I feel like there was a gangster named Josie. <laughs> hey, Josie! Put this guy in the river with a couple of cement galoshes. <laughs> Get over here, Tiny. That's my favorite <laughs> mobster man. Hey, Tiny, how you doing? Uh, yeah, hey, Tiny. Mugsy. But yeah, no. But I guess like my true answer to that is like I kind of wanted to, and I just couldn't find a way, good way to make it fit in mm. with all the changes I had made already since the change I had made by putting Keith in. Kind of like usurped that. You know, I don't know. It's already so fucking tight. <laughs> you know, but. Mm. I've clearly thought about it a lot. In fact, I almost wanted to, depending on whether or not I make another video game about it, make that part, like, that little story, like, a chapter in, like, a video game that, like, happens in between episodes, but at the same time, I don't want to just, like, dwell on it forever. I kind of want to move neck forward and do whatever's next. But yes, if people want it in their head cannons, uh, let's pretend that some that sometime between episodes six and seven... Makasu visited back pocket dimension flying bear heaven <laughs> and uh, moved on from feeling guilty. It was a big step for him to not be like, to not ignore the guilt, but then not melt into it to the point where he was obsessive and just see a little creature be. Oh, speaking of the guilt, I, I love that he defeats the illusions of the perfect human by being like i don't give a shit (laughs) (laughs) well and that was that was important to me that it was like i'm gonna reveal that makasu's weird coping mechanisms sometimes are a strength too you know like everything that made him an asshole is still like he hasn't lost that entirely and there's a compromise to be made but it also reminds me of just things my mom say that would be like, well, be miserable, whatever makes you happy. You know, she'd like a whole bunch of stuff like that. Like, and I was like, what if that's how he beat being insecure? It's not like he conquers the illusion. He's just not affected because he's already like, he's got so much shit going on in his brain <laughs> that he hates. <laughs> and, he ha- and he channels it into hating other people or not caring and... It's become so fucked up that you can't just use illusions to make him feel bad about himself. I mean, I think it makes perfect sense. <laughs> There's also a little Ji Young like Lee. Bees in your nose. A little Ji Young Lee quote when uh, when he says "lame," which is what Dave Bonowitz's wife says all the time. Lame. You lame. You can't just say lame, man. Chaz did great. That's not okay. I feel like uh, I, I I liked this season fairly early on, and and then towards the middle, it felt like it it wasn't quite finding itself, and then towards the end, it it found itself. If that makes any sense, uh, I think it makes sense. I mean, like you know, it's hard to know. Uh... I, I only know it from the perspective of me, of me making it. I'm so deep in it, it's hard for me to see it from an outsider perspective, you know? Mm. Um, I mean, I think, to me, it, it it is a complete, like, I fit it into f- 14 episodes. Like, it, it makes sense to me. Like, and throughout the whole thing, it makes sense to me. Uh, I uh, And the only part I think, my, my weakest one, I think, is the first episode. That's for me. Uh, be, and it's mostly because 
I don't know. I kind of liked my first versions of the script where I started right in the action and then jumped back to explain what happened. And that was, uh, you know, that was just a relic of the way I was getting notes in the beginning, too. Um, but no, I, th- I don't know. For me, I think some of the... I love I love the boat episodes. I love Suicide Town a lot. I think those... I can't tell which... I think episode 10's my favorite. I can't tell. I like all of it. <laughs> I, I, I really... I think episode 2 is funny. Whatever. I, you know, it's mine. You know, like, I had to sit with it and make it... You can't say, like, I sat with it and I didn't edit it to be things I wanted. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I had a lot of control over the script and uh, the acting and all that because I was, you know, writing and editing it. And uh, uh, it becomes, for better or for worse, what I wanted at the moment. So in the first season, you were cutting together pieces of three minutes. Uh, And how did you go about writing episodes this time? Uh, I actually wrote seven 30-minute episodes, and then I was like, wait a minute, let's do them 14 (laughs) and divide them over 14 weeks. And Kim Manning's like, sure, we can do that. And then they told me at one point, we can't do that. And I'm like, well, it probably works out better because I had written them as 30 minutes, so it kind of makes more sense. But, you know, like I had a... I had I would have an outline and I would just write through the episode until and like try and give it a be a, a, a you know a, a new setting and a, a new conflict uh, and introduce a new character for like the first few of them you know what I mean like we get Doctor Legs then we get Josie then we get Titty uh, and then you know I had all the ideas of hells and heavens that I had looked through, clearly I brought up Aztec and Japanese and Greek shit. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff. Like, I just wrote wrote down a bunch of notes. I'd do research uh, and, until I found the things I'd want, and I would just, like, find, like, puzzle pieces and put them together and be like, oh, I could do this there. Um, oh, yeah, Yama's in Buddhism and ancient Chinese mythology and Hinduism. You know, like, he's in, like, multiple shit. How can I do something with that? Like, you know, I was just like... Uh, finding a fun way to just build this little journey in different places. Does that make sense? Was that a good answer? Yes. No? Maybe. Can you repeat the question? Uh, Malcolm in the Middle is a great show. But yeah, that's, that was an adequate answer. Yeah, because I, I was trying to explain to people that uh, that the first first season was written in, in like three-minute segments, but they thought that about the second season, too. I was like, no, that's not, that's not how it's... No, I, d- I think it definitely... <laughs> Didn't feel that way. And I think partly Yeryu's, uh, who's an old Adult Swim chatter, just made a good point of, like, I think when it came to, like, the second episode and the third episode, he's like, oh, yeah, it doesn't feel like the memories go on too long. Because they were fitting in, fitting into, like, a uh, an 11-minute arc I was trying, like, I knew how they ended. Like, things were as long as they needed to be, and they are even tighter. Instead of in season one, where it definitely feels like, okay, I've got three sentences for this three minutes. And I've got to extend it and be that long, no matter what. <laughs> like, that's just because otherwise I'll start wondering and buying and selling time, you know, and I don't want to do that. Like, I, I, I need it to be like I know how long everything was so it ends at the right time. Whereas this one, I could just, you know, I took a little more time and crafted. It was a little more crafting narratively and, like, trying to... I don't like you know they the first season was like three minute things but also forty four minute things you know it was like both at once like uh, you had the three minutes which were just one point and then you had the chapters themselves that had to arrive somewhere but there wasn't really an expectation of like things ever wrapping up or there being kind of like what was the point of this episode 
you know? Like, you, you could very easily look at the second chapter in Machu Picchu, and there's not really a point to it. It just happens. Like, they kill two gods, and then there's a 3D <laughs> tennis match. You know, like, that's all that there's... Whereas, like, in, this time, I was like, I need to kind of have a point every single week. You know, there, there has to be, like, a place we're ending up. He's getting this person on his team, and he's learning this thing. He's... He's uh, having to unfix their, like, you know, but, like, there's so many events happen this time. Like, whereas, like, a whole chapter could go by in Machu Picchu where, like, only one or two things really happens. And it was just, like, a bunch of stupid plot points. So it, it just becomes completely different, which I like. I like about the show a lot, especially, like, for for the niche people who will like that, where it ping-pongs between, like, serialized melodrama, but also, like, absurdist, stupid random humor sometimes like the people who find themselves in that little middle i think they'll really like both but i think if you were more on just liking season one being absurdist you might not like this one as much because it did try to have a little more of a story or if you really like melodramatic serial action adventures you're probably not going to like that season one because not much actually happens for the first five hours <laughs> other than jokes over and over i mean like there's some world building like that's selling it short but you know like they're both uh slaves to their format and their medium and you know their time their time their 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 timing is definitely changes just how you go about it um because like you know i couldn't pitch a whole season where you just meander, and it's also serialized. You know, I at least have to make it so, like, when you watch, like, in this case, two episodes. No, no it works for Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's the thing, is, like, I don't have the freedom of being a successful Japanese anime. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that—that that is something where, like, they know it sold well in Japan, you know? And they can watch it and had, like, the budget for it and all that shit. Like, I, I'm, I'm coming from the point of view that even though, like, Lazo really likes me, and people liked me in the building and stuff like that. I'm fighting uphill just to make sure they can make it, you know. <laughs> like so, I've got to just make it work as something maybe they'd want, uh, which is fun. And, and you know, those those limitations make a project what it is. You know, uh, the the mix of my freedom and just also trying to be like I can do whatever I want, but at the same time not. Like, cause it's gotta like, <laughs> like, cause they wouldn't let me just put something <laughs> where it just didn't matter what happened. So yeah, so the the writing process completely changed in that way. But I, I think it made, I think it made the flashbacks and flash sideways and all those, uh, um, way more efficient. I think I think the scenes, there's way more setups and payoffs for jokes. Whether or not those jokes are more successful to people, you know, that's depending on the person. But for me, there's a lot more like I'll say a thing and I'll bring it back, uh, or it'll even be like the the punchline uh, is, you know, I don't know the fucking uh, Kelvin. The, the they run into a guy on a boat who ate animals and ate people, and then it turned out <sighs> Makasu wasn't being hunted by Yama because he was the god killer, but he Yama was hunting Kelvin because Kelvin ate animals, and that's a Hindu hell, specifically. You know, yeah. like, just, like, where it's just like you don't have that in season one, really, at all. Like, it just keeps going, you know? We goes, we learn something more, maybe we have a flashback, and then we keep going. There, Chapter five tries to do that a little with, like, some reveals, but not even, you know? I don't know. Civil War miniatures are for racists. Yeah, I like that part too. <laughs> racist Stupid nerds. nerd. Stupid racist nerd and your fucking little 
they're not mini. And then I, I don't. I really like that Jay Rubin's character goes. They're not miniatures. They're toys. <laughs> It's, no, no, the opposite of the expectation. Yeah, that's the opposite of the expectation. That's what makes it funny. Also, he's a skeleton man. Oh. What's he I do have I have an idea, too, but I, I, I didn't pitch it. Cause, or maybe, I don't know, maybe I will. But I had an idea for a season or a special that follows around Josie, Titty, and Dr. Legs. And I guess the skeleton man in their boat now and what happens next. Uh Especially since it's not like, what is the byproduct of the universe being reset? <laughs> you know, like I have a lot of ideas in my head. Like what, what, it's very much like anything can happen. You know, there could be any sort of problem. Uh, so that might happen or it might be this other idea. I don't know. Spinoff. I, I would, I, I wanted to pitch both ideas and uh, DeMarco gave me the great advice, which was you should pitch just the season. Because you don't want them to green light a special and then they soft cancel you. Because <laughs> yeah. they're like, yeah, we did it. We're done. Oh, it's like, oh okay. Which is nice advice. Nice. You know, right? Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, how other things have gone on Adult Swim. Yeah. I mean, it's. Don't, it's, don't pitch it's the special, man. Don't, don't pitch it. <laughs> because I, I mean, feel like, yeah. But I mean, granted, like, you know, I think, you know. I don't know. I won't say. I won't say anything. But you know. But I feel like sometimes, like when Lazo's been tired with something or not sure what to do with it next, he's been like, well, "You want to finish it with a special," <laughs> you know. But also, I think it would be fun to kind of, like, if I had the same budget for one hour, which <laughs> probably, uh, I I don't know. Like you know, that's probably would would be small compared to other specials still. I, I think we could make something really fucking pretty. I have to shout out everyone at Awesome Inc., the background artist. I know the art style was kind of like... People have mixed thoughts on it. I think even Christy Caracas was like, I kind of liked how janky it was in the first one. It's like, I agree too, but I wanted to try something different. And the difference between someone like me and someone like Christy Caracas is I am not... A, I am a visual artist, but like I'm not an animator and I'm not a character designer. So I just was like, let's try some fucking new. But, you know, we didn't have all the money to just design forever and ever and figure out what it needs to be. So we just find this middle ground and just end up where we are. And it's, uh, it's. Um, I think there's some parts of it that made it really cool. I mean, for all the shots we got get, for the budget we had, like, it's 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 uh, really impressive what they managed to pull off uh, for that budget. <laughs> I just, I, I'm really proud of them. They did great. Uh, I think, I think, because I think we, in, all in all, we maybe had twice as much money per minute than season one, maybe less. Um, with everything else going on too, but uh, uh, but I'm really grateful I got to do this show too. I'm really fucking, I'm really into it. I think my mom said, "Oh yeah, we watched the end. We liked it." But I think they were watching it on Amazon, so I don't know if they. <laughs> I don't think the final two episodes are up yet. On Amazon, uh, uh, maybe maybe you can buy them. You mentioned that uh, you might be trying out another game. What uh, what kind of genre were you thinking of? Like, well, I started doing... making something in a Fire Emblem style, and we had Holtzen had made a lot of really cool Ooh. graphics for me. But it doesn't like it's in SRPG <laughs> Maker, and it only runs right. on Windows and blah blah blah. <laughs> And it was kind of hard to keep going with it. Uh, I it think, was uh, such a game with uh, permadeath. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, 
Uh, there was, uh, Rich has been trying to code in Unity a side-scroller beat-em-up that would be timed to music, so Ooh. we're thinking about that for fun. I like that idea. But, you know, like, it's one of those things that I'm sure my producers would love me to come to them for help with, but we're not, they're not gonna give us money to do anything like this, you know? Like, what the fuck? Mm. Like, I was, like, you know, I was, like, I'm part of a team that no one in my team was told to prioritize making social media posts for my show. <laughs> like they were like told to move on to like making a Christmas co- post and a laser wolf post, you know? And so that's why I was doing stuff on my PTO. So like, why would they make extended universe shit? You know, we're not Rick and Morty. We're not smiling friends or teenage euthanasia. You did. You did mention that you appreciate that they did air the promos for the show on, on air, but but you feel like maybe the social media presence was lacking. Yeah, but I'm not, you know. But I don't. I, I bit. I was as pushy as I felt comfortable being, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to blame anybody for stuff like that. It's a compl- Social media is a complicated thing, and it's like a, it's a paradox, you know, because you want to keep those v- subscribers and followers, right? But you also mm-hmm. need to advertise. And sometimes people are like, I don't want to just fucking see advertisements. Like, you know, it becomes like, what is a company's social media presence supposed to be in the end? You know, it feels like a weird catch-22 of what mm. you need to be. Like, yeah. y- you want to get bigger to promote shows, but you don't want to... Y- you're also going to be like, well, it's easier. You get better clicks if you just only do Rick and Morty shorts. You know, it's like, which is... <laughs> but that's kind of a paradox, because then how do you make other shows bigger if you... You know, it's uh, like it's completely understandable. But it was, it was fun. I remember, though, when they had to make the change because of the Wonder Woman thing happening. And I originally, Kim was like, yeah, we could air the episodes in January. And I was like, I don't feel like if we do that without, like, talking through it or just making it seem willy-nilly, it just makes it seem... I told her my big concern is, like, if the network doesn't seem to care about the show, why is the audience going to care? Like, at least if we move it to January, can we make something about it? Can Makasu pop up on TV and be like, hey, we got Wonder Woman tonight, but we're coming back in January. Like, make it not seem flippant, like, instead of just being like, sh-. and she's and she was like, I totally understand where you're coming from. I think we do stuff like this all the time. And I knew, like, I was like, I knew I was being, like, pushy for it. But, you know, it was also like, you know, you know I'm the sensitive creator, you know? Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do other than fight for my stuff? Uh, uh, so then they we find out, like, you know, within the last two weeks. So, yeah, so we're going to air it this day at that time. And they come to me and are like, okay, we're going to try and maybe repurpose your first promo. Can you send us all the assets for that? And I said, you're in luck because I just made a new promo. <laughs> and I sent that to them, and that's what we ended up using. So almost that, like, last-minute changing thing allowed me to make a new promo instead of the normal ones they make and push for that one. And they got to play that a lot, which I like because I think it was a good little promo <laughs> with the acapella... Uh, song and the every song ends or whatever the fuck it said <laughs> and that's what I like that's where I work well tight times make something work you know mm-hmm. well, on the bright side it did get to air earlier on Sunday than it does on Saturday yeah too that too and I think it did okay you know well, we certainly watched it <laughs> oh yeah for sure <laughs> Now you guys can all rewatch it over and over and over again. That's true. Yeah, because weren't we watching? Uh, I think Mean Sketch. We were watching Thai Stream beforehand. Um, yeah. You, you were. You guys were. 
uh, doing uh, Soul Calibur and oh, Smash. Oh yeah, we made the God of Tennis and Soul Calibur. That's what you guys should put on the episode page for this. This God of Tennis and Soul Calibur. <laughs> that was fun doing that thing where I was talking over it. <laughs> uh, uh, it was a, it was a nice little night. I think yeah, I think like, some viewers are like, oh yeah, it made it made, made it make more sense. Maybe I just need to do a show <laughs> where I explain everything. <laughs> but also, you know, I like shows like there. I I I watch lots of things that don't make complete sense until like I read a plot description afterwards. You know, like I don't I feel like I don't have to worry about that. Hmm. Like I feel like if I watch something narrative, there's a chance that I will reread the plot synopsis of the episode after I watch it. Because I get, like, a little obsessive about, like, I want to make sure I understood everything and caught everything. Yeah, you you mentioned that before, I think, about uh, JoJo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would do that sometimes with JoJo episodes. Which, honestly, you have to. <laughs> in, some, in some cases. So it's a little too cryptic. <laughs> like, I don't... Uh, it was an odd choice to, to end golden wind on that flashback to that story with Bucciarati's crew before they meet Giorno. Oh yeah. yeah. Odd choice. Not, not a bad choice, but an odd one. Is that how it went in the comic or no? I don't know. I, I've never really, I never, uh, yeah, I only read stone ocean cause I had fun with all the first four. Uh, I'm saying it right this time, right? <laughs> I'm not making so. a fool of myself. <laughs> Uh, first four is that is that right? No, no, that Stone Ocean would be six, wouldn't it? Yeah, for well, first, I feel like the first season is two books, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's two books. So part one and part two, and then the third, third season, and the, the second season is the third part. The third. Seasons, the fourth part. Fourth season's the fifth part, you know, to, to make it overly complicated. Because, <laughs> you know, just got to do that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so there, there was a lot of characters introduced in this second season. So uh, to make you choose between your babies, which one-off characters did you like the best one-off like ones who were like only in one episode or two yeah ah fuck that is tough to say i love gear piss i love perfect human i love uh uh who else do i love Vidus and the Christian Scientist. I think those are my top four. Or maybe Josh Skierski's character, the truck driver. <laughs> <laughs> also, I thought Sabrina did great as Agent Sabrina. I think she and Dave were really funny in the first season and in this one, and just to expand on them more, where they were kind of just like shoved in the first season because Laza wanted me to explain some things more. <laughs> and Why then did he make... drink off the floor and get all the glass on his <laughs> He spilled his drink and he went to lick it off the floor and then he broke a glass in his tongue. Such a bad idea. And, and he doesn't wash his hands anymore. Uh, and I was like, no, sorry, I don't wash my hands anymore. And that was so, there was like specifically, like Dave and I both, Dave wrote a script for something with me where he had my character that he wrote for me in it say the same thing. <laughs> Like, yeah, there's a whole idea for a, a story idea for a Tender Touches thing where Steve had stopped washing his hands. And I was like, Dave, 
That's so funny because the character I'm going to have you record for me says that he doesn't wash his hands anymore. Uh, I don't know. I think Nick Gibbons did so great as Vidus. I will say that uh, the unnamed actor doing the Chris, that, that's probably my favorite. That was just such a fun session. But, you know, it, it's got it's between those four or five, I think. Is that is that good enough to choose between those four or five? It's good. It's good choices. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, what are some one-offs I, that stood off to stood out to you? Stood out to me. It sounds like the perfect human stuck. With yeah, him. yeah, definitely the perfect human. Really, really appreciated him. You uh, do fuck. Yeah. You do fuck. You do. You do fuck. That's one of those great times, and I think I do that a lot in this show, where someone does like five takes in a row, and I just use all five. Oh, so that that's the explanation there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and why don't you have that moment where you just show the the actress of Doctor Legs? Because I added, <sighs> I changed the line, <laughs> and she recorded it on her phone. And I was like, let's just use that. <laughs> sure. And then I had this great right. video of her saying it. Just like... Because I think she said something completely different in the beginning, and I didn't like it. And and then I was like, let's tie it together to what I find, kind of found in the end. <laughs> just like... And I think it just like gave a different sensibility to her. I don't know. I liked it. It made me laugh. What was it originally? Uh... Your toxic masculinity is going to ruin everything, and I think it. Maybe she said just just like it ruined. I don't know. She said something something else in my in an improv I had with her, but uh, I changed it. It's one of those. I don't know. You just I I leaned into the process. I think that's one thing to be douchey to say. I do a lot. It's like uh, and one thing that would always make Gemusetu different from a normal drama series even if it got more dramatic is i would have to remember i'm gonna lean into the process and find it which is like you know i think a lot of what they used to do in like space ghost and aqua teen too they would find Mm -hmm. they would find their scripts and find you know things would change as they went along and i'm into that because like you know the if you're not doing it for the process like you can get numb to it uh like i think dan Harmon's lucky enough to like have enough money given into the show that they can like change shit last minute if they really want to like that kind of feeling to keep it fresh for yourself is really important I'm a little bit biased for uh, Bendy's boss who's voiced by uh, Jeff Grant Jeff Grant now what do you think do you think uh, <laughs> Bendy's boss who's also the principal of Makasu's high school yeah. do you think he's been monitoring Makasu's whole life probably Feel, oh, I, I, I left my kid in that car. In my head canon, that character, well, I guess it's my canon. Here's the truth. Here's the reveal. Yes. <laughs> he was an Interpol spiritual detective boss when he was the pre- the principal of a school because he knew there was a government super sports kid involved in it. He was keeping it, uh, his eyes on. Makes sense. Like he, he, or at least he was a GI of some sort, he, a government agent of some sort, you know, maybe not with Interpol yet, but like... He was involved, which is maybe why I don't know. Maybe there's a whole side story for him. We could that could have been a whole episode. Uh, Big reveal. <laughs> we like that's that's the thing where I've like let that happen because I in my head 
I liked how he yelled in season one, so I wanted him to yell in the same way as Bendy's <laughs> boss when I wrote it down. And I was like, why not have him be the same character? So in my head, if there's ever a chance, which I doubt, I doubt there will be. Like, there's a lot of this shit that's like real deep cuts and references and like bringing back characters. It's like I could never sell like. E- you know, I'll probably have an easier time selling a season three, making it about mostly new things. But then to jump back and reference something completely new, like that's a hard fucking old. I mean, and, and make it like that's a hard sell. But it would, it feels like it would be fun to write an episode that had to justify both why Jeff Grant's character was both those characters, and then however he's tied into the new story. Like, <laughs> like justifying those two things feels like a really fun puzzle of an episode. You know. And and that's where writing a show becomes almost like DMing, uh, like a D&D campaign, where you really have to adapt to your players' choices and find the fun and make the connections and make it work and give them agency. You know, I let all my nonsense have agency and build upon itself. You think there's uh, people out there having deep thoughts about the lore of Game of Seto? I think, I mean, there's enough people in that Discord, like fan theorying about what would happen in season three which is the exact same thing seeing on youtube for season one about season two that got me excited so yeah i think i think there are i think for sure there are uh i hope so i think that would be fun mission accomplished <laughs> like that's what lazo asked me what do you want to do what do you want to do sometime at lunch i probably told this to you guys last yeah. time and 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 my the answer that he bought when I finally gave it was that I wanted people to be as obsessed about what I was caring about. <laughs> so I want to make something like you know the fucking stupid super sportsman lore and the dad shit, like bringing that all together and like like that's what I want to be. That's for me the coolest, most interesting shit. The plot twists with bucket, like that's the stuff where I'm really excited. It's not the, you know, they can like the joke, and I'll be really happy about it, but if they give too much of a shit about <laughs> little plot reveals and little more information and that, that timeline I made and stuff, you know, that's that's where it's fun to me. Absolutely. Great one-off. What happens in the nothing-torium? <laughs> Nothing! It's a perfectly good waste of an eel. Yeah, they opened with eel doors. Originally, there was supposed to be a... When in my stage direction, there would be a diagram of how an eel door works <laughs> when he says that. But it just goes by so quickly that it doesn't really work. Uh, <laughs> eel doors. Uh, it used to be that every episode had an intro sequence. Instead of the theme song, there'd be music, but there would be Makasu saying, and I just didn't have time for this. In order to stop the afterlives from ripping apart the universe, I have to team up with my robotic musical battle amphibian to restart the center of all death. I hope I can win. He was supposed to say that every episode. Oh. John Russell, Lord John Russell, that man who says nothing. He's uh, he's a real prime minister. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm completely historically accurate, at least for him. <laughs> he's, that's why he's going around disguised in a little outfit, because he's the prime minister going to a secret lab in the no- where nothing is happening in the nothing-torium. Gotta be historically accurate where it counts. And I had a lot of fun with the names in that episode. Professor Domewell and Matilda Breaklight. I loved those names. Those are good names. Why gear piss? Uh, I don't remember why. <laughs> I thought it, I thought it was two words that sounded good together, and also he liked bikes, so yeah. <laughs> gears. 
And I loved uh, that actor who, I, for some reason, we don't credit. I don't know why. I don't. Maybe he didn't want to be credited, but uh, no. No. Uh, he was somebody's uh, boyfriend. Uh, he was a, a a student from China. Beep beep. Beep beep. Goose said, "This is how you should die in your own shower with your own meat." <laughs> Intellectual oh, lots of good suicide. Lines. Lots of good lines. I, I would say I think we did okay, and that was Goosehead was played by my good friend Rara, who played a lot of the. Uh, uh, she played most of the, um, like half of the, meat women in Chapter Five of Season One. Oh yeah, very very uh, expansive cast. Like I I personally got excited when we heard George Banks as one of the sand people yeah yeah it's like hey it's george that's that that is george tsunami editor george yeah yes george baby doll i thought he did well yeah yeah i like him. he had just the right amount of annoyance <laughs> <laughs> it's like man cut it out <laughs> hey, that's my head out of all the afterlifes that were shown, that was uh, that was a, <laughs> a bummer, a big old bummer of an afterlife. I, I, I like that idea too. Just exploring, like, oh yeah, what about ancient, ancient, ancient afterlives before they even thought, like, oh yeah, you could have pleasure after you die. <laughs> like, there's just yeah. nothing, nothing going on. They don't know about anything. And I liked that uh, Makasu calls them all milfs. <laughs> yeah. That way. Oh. We got to talk about that urethra. <laughs> Flexible urethra. <laughs> when he describes that he would stick Bendy's tiny penis into his very flexible urethra. Yeah. It's, it's very specific. <laughs> uh, where did that come from? I would like to know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's in the script. I think that was one where like, I rewrote the beginning of episode 13 a lot until it made me laugh more. <laughs> and uh, that came out and then I liked it because it tied into Makasu's dad is played by Austin Reader saying you don't have to stretch your urethra anymore <laughs> it, like, it has a payoff you know it is we're like oh we didn't know that was part of his backstory but it makes sense because it's also you know a clearly like Makasu's flexible because of stretching and it also explains how uh, the tongue goes in his penis in the first yeah. episode yeah it all comes together <laughs> Uh, our our buddy on the podcast, V-Lord, made the observation that if that didn't really bother Makasu that much, then he must be into some really weird stuff. And I think he is. You know, I there's like a couple of those shots. And there's a couple of sh There's like one shot, a few shots in that animated recap where he just goes, talks about how he uses people for sex and he's like flirting with a... Uh, someone like a, a courtesy clerk and then he's like sitting in a chair looking sad with a couple behind him in a bed who he's just like fucked like and they're just like second long shots but like yeah i know he's you know he was fucking his fucking teacher when he was like 16 uh he I'm tried to make out with teacher. a cop when he was eight he's just got this insatiable hunger to use people uh, to fill some kind of vacancy and void i can't ever think of bocce ball without thinking of this show now <laughs> that's good that cop had like, it coming. 
originally Bill kiss I, I, right on the lips. Did I, I said this other places originally? Yeah, they you do didn't kiss. Say this on here. <laughs> yeah, and and Keith was like, no. Keith was like, no, <laughs> uh, no, no, <laughs> which is like I get. I think Anna even told me like, yeah, I don't like that pedophile stuff with it. I was like, well, it's no, but it's Makasu. <laughs> but he kissed the cleats that the dog peed on. <laughs> now let's see what did what did I write? Uh, shut up, sheriff, and kiss me. Their mouth, their mouth lock. I didn't say mouths. Their mouth lock and a passionate kiss is shared. Music building, as we see it from multiple angles. Doctor Legs jaw hangs open. Really. What? You were a child. Marcus turns away. Screw you, Dr. Legs. I might have been eight years old, but the horny bitch cop was asking for it. He basks his head back. Like a full, full turnaround kiss, like fully cooly. <laughs> yeah, real, real messy. I like messy kisses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Impressive. Uh. Clever stuff. Oh, I was thinking back to actually in the in the first couple of episodes. I knew I was going to appreciate the musical puns when the the first one was Anubas, and I was like, I, "All right, I like this. I like this." And then Cerberus, yes, <laughs> Cerber, Anubas and Cerberus. I do think really solid and good for starting. If anything, you know, like I said, I feel like maybe I should have started the first episode. Maybe I should have done my first instinct, which would have been like just start on the fight and be like, this is Anubase and this is my piano frog Keith. If you start right with that, that might have that might have made the first episode like a little more like what? Instead of building to it with just a lot of explanation. But, you know, that that was a, a note I got to not use flashbacks. So I don't know. Hmm. In that way. It certainly would have been snappier. But then you miss out on the weird stuff, like the mind womb. <laughs> well, I think you jump back and forth to it, but I don't know. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, flashbacks. So he would flashback to it's like, this is how yeah. I got here. Yeah, and I think I think Lazo's like, I don't like that, but I, I've got mixed thoughts on it in the end. You know, I mean, you know, the best the people who give you the best notes are the ones who don't act like they know everything. They're like, well, I feel like maybe this would make it work better. You know, like that's the best way to give notes. You can't say. Hmm. It's been an interesting examination. Well, I mean, is Hope there is there for season three? Is is there anything else you want to tease for a potential season three? Uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like I've teased too much. <laughs> I hope I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys would vouch for a season three. Um, absolutely. I you think. I think Jason and I th- agree that probably the biggest barrier to entry for a Toonami audience, though he was happy with how it performed on Toonami, is just the, the way it looked uh, in terms of just like, you know, the budget and the style. And I told him, like, why don't, let's, if we could afford it, let's just like fucking make it an anime. <laughs> let's just fucking go for it. Or not, maybe everything's anime now and we just don't. Maybe we don't make it look like that at all. Maybe that's a fucking obsession I have that's bad. Uh, just, just make it look. As anime as you can, but have it air before the block starts. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Out of spite. That's it. We'll That's never go. No, idea. I think I think if I, we kept making it, I think it would. I think there's a chance, a big chance, it would stay on Toonami. and I think I'm, it would be yeah, nice that's... to try and work on 
how to compromise with that audience and make them want to go back and watch it all again. You know what I mean? Like, well, not all of them. I think enough people were into it, but like, yeah. you know what I mean, though. You get what I'm saying. Like, like, no, be like, hey, no, I want to work with you. Let's meet in the middle. Like, where do we find, like, you know, I, I, I wanted to work with Jason on that if he's willing to. We'll see what happens. You know, like, I'm, I'm saying all this shit, you know, like he's busy with a bunch of stuff. Who knows if they're ever going to prove anything or anything. I think the one thing is like, I would like to try... Like I said, change formats again. I'd like to go 22 minutes, and I'd like to slow down. Maybe maybe it's five 22-minute episodes or something. Um, I don't know. I, I think the I think the Tsunami viewers like sharp angles. They don't, they don't like yeah. They don't like squishy-looking characters. Oh, Makasu's too fat. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's too the the faces are too round. Oh, okay, yeah. That that's a good note. Sharp like faces. Like their sharp angles, which you, of course, will take to its extremes. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's make it look all like. <laughs> make it look like JoJo. Cubism. Cubism. <laughs> <laughs> Impressionist cubism. And I mean, they're doing so many co-productions at this point. What's, what's it going to take to like farm it out to an actual Japanese studio? <laughs> I don't know. Besides money. <laughs> but money. Money. money and then then it will suddenly take like two years to make and that's uh, the thing it's like yeah. i, I kind of want to get to a point where it's like no how can we make it ready for the fall like how can we bust like if they if if walter expresses interest in january i'm gonna talk to him like i'm gonna i'm gonna come to him this is my process and you know like maybe i'm jinxing it all by saying this is what i would do because it might not happen at all but i would be like here are the things i really like about the series and this is what i want to do you know, these are the themes I'm interested in. This is the way, what I'm interested in changing it, all these things. Here are the things I've got questions about and wondering about your input. This is like, uh, like what is my balance between postmodernism and self-reflection meta parody and also just a story? Uh, is it possible I can get too attached to one angle? Is, is there, uh, what, what do I want to do? Like, what do you think I should want to do? And just bringing up complaints, even from people who might not even be the target audience, but just like thinking about those. And then, uh, lastly, I would be like, and what can we do to make it fucking air in the fall? <laughs> Let's just get it done. <laughs> like, that's what we should do. Like, like, uh, and, and I've said, I've, I've told all of them, like, do we want it all on HBO at max at once? Is that easier for you? You know, like, I don't know. Like, what do we do? Uh, I'll, clearly I just, I want to do things and I'm going to have fun with them. And I've got ideas that I like. Uh, I sometimes get confused and I'm like, what the fuck should I be? Am I not being innovative enough? Uh, some, it's sometimes hard, especially in an outline phase, to know what something's going to be. And then when I get into making it, and like I, I hear the audio, and I hear what I've done. Like, you know, I can have these ideas for these characters, but for me, they're not going to come to life until I start acting as them. And that, But that does make it, like, a harder sell, because it's like, I'm not using the same characters necessarily, right? Even in season two, it's not really the same characters as season one. One of them's the same. Like, you know, like, it's fucking, uh... <laughs> it's just like starting from scratch again. But I also like that. I don't know. You know me. And that's the blues. <laughs> that's right. Well, before we get out of here, I want to thank you very much, Max, for joining us. Hey, no problem. I like hanging out with you guys. I like you guys, and you've been very nice to me, and I really appreciate it. You make me feel, uh, 
you, you make me feel heard and li- looked at, you know, which is yeah. nice. Uh, and uh, and listened to. I mean, like, just when you guys remember lines and bring up shit and let me talk for a long time, I really appreciate it. You guys are nice. I'm just a, a terrible person that just appreciates media by repeating it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's okay. Somebody's got to be the ones who buy all the merch. Put all the Get all the best quotes. We'll make some merch for them. Oh yes. Uh, what, what's my favorite line? Oh, fuck, there's a lot of them that, you, that people I don't think even bring up as much. But like, when Makasu says, "Take my hand, you naked piece of shit," <laughs> to Bendy Rivers, <laughs> I like that one. Oh, that's nasty. It's just he bitch. says it so what innocently. <laughs> what else is new? Oh, I, I really love the exchange with uh, with Makasu and Josie. He starts doing your mama's joke. He's like, my oh, mom yeah. has diabetes. Your, your mama's, mama's so diabetic. So She's the sweetest thing I've seen all day. Is that, I don't remember if, is that, is that even, like it's been, you know, I don't even know if that was in the fucking episode anymore. It, it was <laughs> like in there. Well, I mean, it's in the episode, but I don't know if it's like in the script. Uh, I think I changed it. I don't think it was that originally. <laughs> But the the best part about that is right after it's like we are best friends. Yeah, we, no, yeah, that's exa- it's actually exactly like that in the script. The only thing I obsessed over was how to Makasu go. How do they link Yama to that? Originally, it was the whale got a hop in its mouth. Yama, ma, ma, ma. I had him say that, and then but I changed it now entirely to Makasu. So I'm like, wow, Ma- Yama's whale's so fat because he eats so many cars. Yo, mom, that made it work so much better. We are best friends. Yeah, they're best friends. And there's another one. There's the one, and that, this is actually, it's totally quoting. You know, we take pick up the mannerisms and stuff of exes and friends and things. And uh, I had a, I had an ex who would say, uh, oh, he knows about it. Like, in third person. And that's why in that episode, Makasu says, it was a thing you didn't know about it, but now you know about it. <laughs> See, I always thought that that was like a reference to how characters got to know each other in anime. <laughs> and I'm like, you didn't know this about me, but now you know. <laughs> I mean, I guess it is, but not really. As much as like it was just in the situation, I realized, oh yeah, like I was putting them together, and Josie has no idea why gods are hunting Makasus. Like, you had to learn right then, and and then it's it's a step forward in Makasu learning to like people because Josie accepts it. Yeah, he's like, that's okay with me. Oh, I did want to say that uh, early on, Makasu's like, hey, that's not a disability, Josie. That's an ability, and you actually did do a lot of creative things with the noodle arms. Yeah, he, that was important to me, that he did lots of things with his noodle arms. Well, I mean, you can't just, like, make a character look cool and then you do nothing with it. Yeah. You know, like, there's probably, like, if I had more side episodes, probably could have done more weird shit with the fingers. and things. But that's why it was important to me that, like, Dr. Legs is filing her nails or she snaps or, like, you know, little shit like that. <laughs> right. It's Dr. Legs because fingers... <laughs> Perfect sense. Dr. Legs doesn't have any legs, and she tries her hardest every day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that that also that's well, there, that's another one that was changed to make uh, Josie a little more woke. 
I went right to it. This isn't a disability, Josie. It's an opportunity. People do Special Olympics all the time to celebrate their differences in cerebral palsy. And Josie, in the, in the current version, instead of having Robbie say, is this my palsy? I was like, ah, I feel weird having you say that, Robbie, essentially, in the end. So now he says, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, he's like, what the fuck are you saying? What are you talking, talking about? Are you talking about disabilities? What are you talking about, Makasu? <laughs> That is, yeah, this is my What a palsy. sweet guy. I kind of want to follow them more, too, but also, you know, I don't know. Boom, yeah. boom. I don't want to do your dirty work. No I love more. all the characters. I really do. <laughs> they were fun. I appreciate the, the dynamic of the group as opposed mm -hmm. to the previous season. You had a good thing going with, with Makazu and the God of Tennis and occasionally the chair umpire. And, but yeah, it's it's completely here. different if you have to have like a bunch of people together, and it's 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 a lot more fun, honestly. Yeah. Like it made it grow and made it just <laughs> not be the same thing all the time. But also, I'd completely... fry anything once. <laughs> oh yeah, that was also. Have I explained why that's in there? That's no. once again. That's Emily. She just said that in the recording, <laughs> and uh, I realized I had asked Francis and Tina to make that song. But then I remembered the episode didn't end with anything about Titty. <laughs> like, because it ends with, like, the showdown and Dr. Legs is like, what's going on? Like, that's the way that episode ends. And I was like, why do we go into a song about Titty from that? And so that's why I have Titty go, hey, you want to hear a joke? <laughs> and then I find some of Dr. Legs going like, huh? Like, you know, just find something, go through her file and find her saying something. Edit, edit it to sound like they're talking to each other. And then she says her joke, and the then Doctor Legs, and I just get Doctor Legs laughing. You know, you just got it together, and then it goes into a song about Teddy suddenly. All right, who decided to make the homage to the Dragon Ball ending? That was, uh, oh. I think, when I was thinking about the credits. Anna Thomas sent me a collection of a bunch of Dragon Ball credits, uh, ah. and then uh, so when I asked Lauren to make that one, I gave her that specific one to do as a reference. Yeah, it's a good choice. Yeah, that was nice. Very good, very good choice. <laughs> uh, so do you want to tell people where they can find you on social media and find stuff? Find me at MorningJazz69 on Twitter. Nice. Uh, and watch out. Maybe I'll be posting more lore videos. Coming oh. up soon, maybe next week, if I'm not lazy, my black friend says Among Us is racist? Our, our <laughs> black friend, Darrell... Might agree with that because there's been so many times when he just got yeeted <laughs> because that's... he's black. <laughs> oh my god, that's sad. That's terrible. Um, I mean, nobody does it like intentionally. It's like, I don't know, Darrell's oh. always acting really sus. I was like, guys, oh you realize god. what you're saying? <laughs> All the time. Maybe he's just a suspicious guy. I mean, he's ex military. So. There, oh my god. <laughs> I don't mean that, but like he—he was—he wasn't dishonorably discharged or anything. You know, he served his time. He, ser he served his country well, but but he, yeah, he's a—he's a veteran, so he's—he's a, he's a dangerous guy to play among us with, especially oh when he's the imposter and he always kills me. Oh, <laughs> it's all—it's all in love. It's all it's good fun. fun. It is a game. It is. It is a very special game, and I enjoy it. Well, guys, 
It's been real. It's been fun. I hope there's something usable in here. Maybe about half. <laughs> no, I'll probably use ninety percent of it. <laughs> you can you can cut it down a lot. I, I'd rather it seem smart. <laughs> and you can interrupt it and be like, and you can just like do an NPR thing and just be like, Maxime Simone, Maxime Simone. <laughs> you know. Maxime uh, Simone. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. <laughs> it's like when you're doing the music and see, it's like. This just seems like an NPR thing to me, so I'm just gonna go for it. And you're listening to NPR. <laughs> also, maybe a throwback to uh, to Jose, who always opened the podcast in a very NPR-ish way. I feel. <laughs> yeah, I can't this Jose. is the Toonami Faithful song. Toonami Faithful podcast. Sorry. <laughs> that was great. Uh, I like it. That was great. I've actually been I've been using the the previous ditty that you did for us last time for uh transitions. Oh, what is that one? That's the Do not be faithful. That's funny. Yeah. Now give me twenty bucks for it. <laughs>